Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode it's the week of not july 19th it's the week of august 19th because i can't write a script this is episode 236 <laughs> and i'm your host chris randazzo joining me tonight as always is turkey day target practice karen randazzo do you want to come with me to my podiatrist appointment lightsaber umbrella angie fernot noise <laughs> and the last man evan goldstein where does this boy live Tonight, Star Wars turns anime, why the last man gets a trailer we've been waiting for, major Doctor Who shakeups, and more. But first, how's everyone doing? Sorry, I didn't do my newsman voice. I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> this just in, I didn't want to. Breaking news, everybody. Chris is fucking lazy tonight. I give up. Ugh, he's quitting he's not music. lazy. He's I, been working hard on other things. I, I just kind of felt like the bit had run its, run its course, you know? Mm. I, I felt more like just, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. I'm not a news anchor. You've run your course, sir. <laughs> I appreciate run everything that you do my, for our my news, news secondary portion. joke was funny for a little while, and now the, the horse has been beaten. It's very dead, and it's time to move on to greener horses. <sighs> we broke the stick. <laughs> greener horses. Nice. Listen. Listen, if I'm being real about this, I loved your news voice, and I'm sad to see it go, but I also love how hard you work for us, so put your energy into the things that matter, and it's not that voice. That's right. When you fall off a horse, you get back up, and you eat that horse. Yes. Make sure you punch it first, so it knows that you know that it knows. He's going to come up with a Come eat that horse with me. See? More horse talk. Welcome to episode two, 236, Horse Talk. <laughs> We're not horsing around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> so, I make that noise quite a bit, because that's my like go-to funny thing with, with Angie. But you guys other, both make that noise. Uh-huh. The other day... And it's like the same noise. It's really impressive. <laughs> the other day I walked into the kitchen, and she was making something at the stove, and I looked at it, and I actually did... It was real. Like, yep, it was real. It was funny. I was watching. I was like, is he going to be able to hold this one in? Nope, it was bad. I don't know. What I thought a- this was going to be a boy who cried huh! situation. <laughs> couldn't tell if it was real or not. No. He might say he's a naysayer. Oh, God. Oh! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I can turn down your microphone. You know that, right? Uh, but you won't. Mm, woman. <laughs> She's going to put that in the wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, I signed off on that. <sighs> Anywho. Anywho. 
So, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. at least, since we've done a, a, a proper news episode, so we've got a bunch to catch up on. Right. Uh, that's going to be fun. But in the meantime, we should talk about what we've been watching, because I know I've been watching lots of stuff. I know Karen's been watching some good stuff. I'm sure Evan's been watching stuff. But Angie, you've definitely been watching more than the rest of us. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's tons right. Tons and tons. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have not left my couch. <laughs> Can you tell I'm serious, everybody? Because well, I'm not. I mean, we did spend that that afternoon with Travis watching the most random selection of television shows and movies. We had a a friend of ours stay for a couple of days, and he he has some eclectic tastes in, in shows and yes. movies. Like he, uh, so how very th- diplomatic of you. Yeah. Well, we watched we watched A Clockwork Orange. I'd never seen it before. Not that that's a show, but as far as watching things goes um <laughs> clockwork orange the series <laughs> yikes <laughs> filmed in front of a live studio audience <laughs> with your eyes pinned open everybody in the, the audience <laughs> anyway oh, that would be the awful dvd sets come with their own pins <laughs> clockwork orange it gets its heyday uh, all right you gotta stop stop it now never I, at one point in time we came in he was watching all of the max i remember that yeah, which was like, great because I hadn't seen all of it, so I started figuring out what the hell's going on in that show. I was <laughs> good luck. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. There was what six episodes? No, no, twelve, eleven or twelve. God, it really was that many. Yeah, I, there I, were. It got I, I I was obsessed with that show, and then eventually that comic. Um, but I was totally obsessed with that show. Hence my email, <laughs> email address, address is the max four two three at yahoo dot com. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I loved, loved, loved that show. I loved all the voice acting and everything about it. I loved the, the animation style. How it was just such a comic book come to life, but not the not the motion comics that you see, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least you saw like several years ago. That show was gorgeous and amazing and really confusing. Uh, well, that uh, was the comic. Like that that book was a confusing book. The art style of the show was the art style of the book. Like they really did that book justice with that television show. Absolutely. That was a straight adaptation of the comic book, almost word for word, and it was gorgeous. I still love watching that show. I haven't seen it in way too long, but uh, those were the days, man. MTV's oddities, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you, it was great, though. Like, I I would definitely say that I'm still a little confused about what the hell was happening, but... I think you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah but it, it does, at, toward the end of the show, like, it did seem to be... I don't know, getting clearer, like, like there was stuff that was literally like, I'm this thing, and this is the explanation of what's actually happening. Yes, um, I am this in this world, I am something else in that world, and... Well, like, with, uh, with Julie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julie like, Winters. she, she had, like, at one point, she kind of, like, goes inside, inside her own mind, I guess, I think she was dreaming or something, and like her subconscious was basically like, oh yeah, no, you totally made up the max so that you could cope with your trauma. Um, but like the max was actually a dude that existed in the real world that got somehow got caught up as her max in her uh, in her uh, the outback her mm-hmm. effectively her subconscious coping mechanism. Right, but then my question is like, is it? him actually getting caught in something like is it mystical or is it just her like taking this person and turning him into 
whatever the fuck she needs to cope like her savior her protector her guardian inside of her mind even though like he's some random dude who doesn't really know her in real life I was assumed there was some sort of mystical connection because Mr. Gone is there and he's kind of a sorcerer, but also the fact that this is happening to Max too. You know, mm. if if it was just something that she was, con- you know, a construct of her own imagination, then he wouldn't also be experiencing this. But he is very real experiencing it, like in the real life. This poor homeless guy. Mm. I forget his name. <laughs> Wasn't it Dave? I don't remember at all. Yeah, in that's the comics, a question they eventually, I can't answer. You know, said, said mentioned his name. I think it was Dave, because mm-hmm. that was that one episode where he was uh, the 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 Doctor Seuss episode mm-hmm. where they he was mm-hmm. uh, being attacked by you know, these, these uh, monsters all named Dave. He was <laughs> yep. going to drown in an ocean of diet root beer. I forgot about that. They actually do say his name in that episode because that was like the last one I watched. But I don't think the show was overt about that being his name he just said that he was being attacked by things all named dave mm. got it right yeah there's definitely some stuff i was missing so hmm, interesting but yeah i mean that- i used to watch that show over and over again my i had this friend chris galante and he and i like watched the series over the phone one time like together we both <laughs> had adorable. it recorded on vhs and like, we would just like keep we were dissecting it the whole time that we were watching it like trying to figure out what everything meant and like just we were basically doing our own commentary but like at our own houses which was super fun like it was the nerdiest stuff but man i have a good time with that i could talk forever about the max so i'm gonna shut up now well i was gonna say i mean it's essentially like you were having a podcast before a podcast yeah it was definitely before podcasts were a thing it was before pods were a thing (laughs) pod people it has nothing to do with the pods. It has nothing to do with people. It has everything to do with hurting. <laughs> Good stuff. So Good stuff. yeah, um, yeah, that was that was fun. His his taste in stuff is weird. I mean, um, we tried we tried to introduce him to like because um, he is a uh, he goes to like flea markets and stuff and he and he resells a lot of things. So um, I showed him that. A handcrafted America show, which is this this woman in like interviewing three different people that do something amazingly creative with their their hands, essentially like leather crafting. Got, got this one guy who made guns, knives. Like it was, and it's all really really well done stuff. Um, but like he 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 enjoyed the hell out of that. I know he watched Container Homes for some reason. Because like all five of those episodes are rewatched on the Plex. Because why not? I the mean, show is great. And I came in and he was watching Lego Masters. I'm like, yeah. Really? This is where we're at now. We're at Lego Masters. No, goes, you don't say really. Okay, I watched that show. That is worth watching. <laughs> he turns to me and he goes, "I can't take this show seriously." And I go, "Why?" He goes, "Because that guy is—he's Batman. Will Arnett. <laughs> Will Arnett is just Batman now. I can't take him seriously." I'm like, "All right, that makes sense." You're really not supposed to, though. He's still utterly ridiculous on that show for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I mean, it is just to watch so much time and energy going go into designing those beautiful, beautiful Lego sets. I mean, I wish I had that kind of time. The thing that was great was when they had the episode where they had to build them and then smash them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they built these awesome lego creations and then they filmed them exploding it was great i always wish i remembered to show that to john because i feel like he would enjoy that lego masters yes yeah 
Probably Ellie probably. too, because she builds Legos too. But he is like Lego boy. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent a fan. <laughs> Lego masters of the universe. Ah, <laughs> watch it. Um, what else did we watch? He maybe he 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 showed us an episode of um, Marvel Six One Six. Did you guys check that out at all? I have not checked that out. No, right, is so that a it's, series? It's a, it's like a mini series. It's it's a bunch of randomness about Marvel, the industry, if you will. And the yeah, one- I thought that was like a, I, I I've seen it pop up on Disney Plus. I just yeah. assumed it was a uh, like a, a TV movie. No, no, it's a, series. It, it's a bunch of bunch of episodes. And the one that he specifically made me watch was um, episode seven, the uh, the Marvel Method, because it's mm. it's about like so in in the comic book world there's this writer named Dan Slott who has done some amazing writing but he's always done it late he is infamous for being <laughs> late and this this episode explained what in the business they call the marvel method where it's the writer comes up with this very generalized story and then the artist does a lot of the heavy lifting for the creation of the story um they really every other well even marvel now he's the probably like the last guy that truly does the marvel method everybody else works with scripts and they say hey artist draw this um this made comic book creation look horrible <laughs> like it was it was embarrassing yeah. and i don't know why disney put it out like this just made them look it just made marvel look bad and it I get it, like I I get Dan, you know, being as important as he was, but like they were talking about the there was um back in the day they created a character called Iron Man twenty twenty. And it was the next person like uh, Tony Stark's brother was taking over the Arno? Arno Arno Stark Arno Stark. And what a name. In the year twenty twenty, Dan Slott was charged with writing Iron Man twenty twenty. And I mean, those that know comic books will recognize Iron Man twenty twenty because he had these giant cogs on his <laughs> shoulders, like the most uncomfortable looking thing. But like they said, it was like a month and a half out, and they said, "Dan, here's your project. Get to it." And then they're showing him trying to do this, and every like I don't know five minutes, it would go two weeks or like you know six weeks out, five weeks out, four weeks out three weeks out we're giving it to another we're bringing in another writer to help you through like it was so unprofessional looking like it it made him look so unprofessional i mean the aesthetics of the show were great it's you know it's disney but i it just like, i don't understand what they were trying what they were shooting for with this episode so he was he was marveled by it and he said you have to watch this and i did and i i, I completely understood what it was too honest. That was the problem. So for anyone who's ever tried to do a project with artists, uh, we're flaky. We take yeah, a long time. But we it can be inconsistent with meeting deadlines or goals. It's not the artist. It's, he's the writer. Right. Like but it's creative sh- people in general, right? So I, I have to stop doing that. I lump writers in with artists. But truly, every hey, every artist. every category has its own things. But in the comic world what i've noticed is that it's pretty consistent across the board artists and writers fucking flaky so it tends to be a thing where you can the the most successful people 
are usually more on time now, but it wasn't always like that. And this seems to be one of those cases where people were like, oh, no, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. And this is a common thing that I was taught about when I was at the Cubert School was like, you're going to end up in situations where you're going to be working with someone and they're the person who sends you stuff way behind deadline and then you have to meet your deadline to not screw over the person that's next in line because that's how comics work. Um, it's not great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a lot like my job, except I'm the person at the end of the line, and no one else gives a shit. Right. Well, uh, you, like, welcome to there's, lettering. There's a couple of steps, like after, you know, the writer and the artist. Like it has to go to print and all that, like shit that they're like the no, writer, the inker, the colorist, have, like, the letterer. Then there's still editing that has to get went, done. There were scenes where he, they 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 kept going back to this one scene of of Dan Slot sitting at his desk, and it was at, at a laptop. And it was from a perspective of you, like sitting on the other side of the desk, looking at him typing. And it was he was very small, and there was a big open, you know, black space above him where they could show as he's typing the words come up, you know, like, you know, they do for as you know, the visualization of typing. And he would type, 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 stop, erase, type, 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 pause, touch his head. What am I doing? I've been doing this for 30. And I'm like, what is the fucking point of this? Like, this is just, you're just, this could have been 20 minute show and it was an hour. Like, move along with the information. It was just, it was not, it was not done well. It was just not good. But, um, you know what? I'm going to hold on to the other Marvel thing because we're all going to talk about that in a hot second. Um, I caught up on uh, Future Man and, and, you know, what? Ted Lasso. Ted, like Ted Lasso, I watched today, and I love that yeah. fucking show. Me too. Oh it's my so god, it's good. the best. I walked in while he was watching it. I watched about ten minutes of it, and it made me cry. I was like, "Wow, the show is ridiculous." <laughs> the, the, the Christmas, like the the most. Re- oh, the, the Christmas one. That was the most oh recent god, episode. Like so I watched good. that today, and like every the 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 heartwarminess of all of the football players showing up to that guy's house because they 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 don't have their families and the two of them going out and giving out gifts and the poor little girl with the bad breath like there was so many heartwarming aspects to this what 45 minute episode if that it was it's such a good show everybody should watch ted lazo Mm-hmm. And the um, the number of times that I have re- referred back to that conversation between Roy and Rebecca about just your kids just want to be involved in whatever you're doing. And like I have since that since I've seen that, I swear to God, I've told like five people about that. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, my God, you're right. Like they don't care. They'll come to your podiatrist, <laughs> you podiatrist appointment yeah. if that's what you're doing. And they'll be happy. Like you don't have to entertain them. What did you do today with Ellie? clean out her closet and she was like yay (laughs) when she's telling them about the little boy that gave the gift and his reaction like i'm gonna tear this little fucker's head off it's like it's like they are everybody plays their parts so well in the show and they're they're everybody is growing which is really nice to, to see even what's his name jamie 
Like he's <laughs> yeah, still... that was like he kind of. I was expecting that to be a lot more dramatic this season, and he's just kind of like, "All right, everyone's cool now," which is weird. I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. Right, but go I, on. We'll see. We'll see. But that is a great show that everybody should watch. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? All right. I'm good to talk about you. You guys. Cause I want us to talk all about what if. Okay. Now, I don't know if you guys have watched other shit. If you want to cover your stuff first, because I got some things to say about what if. What if we didn't? Huh? I see what you did there. Then you have to listen to the beginning of the show because there are spoilers ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We have many thoughts. Uh, all right. I guess I'll go next. Was there anything that Angie wanted to talk about? Uh, oh, well, okay. So not really getting to watch television. Um, I wanted to explain why to everybody. So um, I'm really excited because I actually published a second comic anthology this month. Um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, a week ago, by the time this comes out, uh, we, Evan actually was a part of this project. We have been working on this since, uh, the beginning of the year. So this has been like literally the whole year I've been working on this and I got a bunch of local artists from, um, the area in which we live to work on this. So we live in Wilmington and I got people from all over town and collaborated with our local comic shop, uh, Memory Lane Comics, and this is the second book. So the first one, like I, I worked side by side with the author, uh, with the owner of the store, and I, and he's got a brother who like was kind of behind the scenes helping. But I um, got the go ahead from them for the second issue to kind of just run the whole thing, and so that's what I've done for months. I would hold meetings, I would coach the artists, I help them meet their deadlines, I gathered information and shared the information. I had just like artist drawing nights to keep each other motivated and get to know one another and build a community. Um, I just like did everything and it's been a lot of work and I'm really, really proud of everyone who was involved and uh, it was a huge success and uh, we still have books available on their website. I'm selling them on my Etsy store now so that like, you know, I can get my copies out with my signature. Um, we found one of the books in the wild at the bookstore the other day. It was that, so awesome. That was awesome. We were, we were doing a wander through town and we ended up in, in a used bookstore and I have, I have this weird tendency to like, to find things like whether it be Greg Hildebrand stuff or, or, or stuff for us. And I passed by one shelf and one of the first issues was just sitting on top and I grabbed it I sh and I showed it to her and she got really excited and, and we, she brought it up front to, you know, say, Hey, where did you get this? And they had a conversation about it and she got to sign it for her. It was like, it was the nicest thing to see something like that happen out in the wild. When you're, pretty nuts. When, you're, when you're at the store that has, you know, supported it, like, I get that. Like, they're paying for it. It's going to be there. But, you know, wandering around and seeing it in, in just a spot that you wouldn't expect was, was great. And I was very, very proud of her. Thank you. Um, on Friday night, we did a launch party, a, a release for the book, which was at a coffee shop. And I've been doing conventions for many, many years. And I, I get this idea of what I should expect for turnout and I really thought 
this is good. There was 11 artists in a coffee shop that we all set up tables. Most of them had never tabled before. And I expected it to be just me, 11 artists, the two owners of the shop, and the girl working the counter to sell us coffee. Like, that's what I expected because it was a release party. The hours last minute changed, and it's a very local thing. I shit you not, there were there was at least 100 people through that door. I was so Aww. proud of the group. Everybody did great. I watched the, there was this girl, I'm not going to say names. I don't know if I should or not, but. Yes, I w- her name is Mel, okay. Melissa New City, and she's selling her stuff on her website. It's awesome. So she, she has was, body positivity. She, she was so nervous about tabling because she had never tabled before. And I was working like the, the sell, the sell book table. Like I was just doing the sales for just that one or two issues. And I was able to see everybody and I watched a a normie come in and walk over to her table and I watched the first sale of that event happen and it was to her. And I walked right up to her and I, and I gave her a big old high five and I said, congratulations, everybody in here is still sitting and waiting. You made the first official sale of this event and she nearly, she, she got all teary eyed and it was so sweet. Oh, yeah, that's she like wonderful. ran over and started crying. And she's like, Angie, Angie, I did it. Oh, my God. Because she was so nervous about this. And she for weeks, she was calling me and texting me like every few days being like, OK, so I did this thing or I had this thought. And I was like, yeah, OK, great. Yes. Keep doing this. And, you know, there was a lot of concern about is this going to sell? Is this not going to sell? Because some of the artists that worked on this book, like they did comics and the stories, but they're not comic artists like one of them does high fantasy illustration uh, illustrations she does like um a lot of nudes with like these very soft beautiful uh images of of women that are like all sorts of body types and so it was not typical comic stuff and i i just had a feeling that there were enough people that were going to be into this that it was going to work and I was really, really lucky because I was right. <laughs> um, you weren't lucky. You're smart. You're <laughs> well, thank you. About. I just, well, I, you know, you, it was a gamble. It's always a gamble. Um, well, it shows the y- difference because yeah. we, we did we did issue one at right at the head of the pandemic, and it sort of just stayed flat. But we had the availability to do it now, where we had two events. We had the the, the release party. And then the next day was free comic book day and we did a mini con for the book. Like all of the artists and the writers, we all had a, there was a room with a bunch of tables set up. They were giving out the the show was the the store was doing a free comics in a separate venue so that they could separate the people from their store because they have a very small store. And like, like it was cool. It worked out as a promoter, as a guy who runs shows, what you want to happen, especially at a free show, like, nobody's paying to get in the door you want the artists and the vendors to make money and everybody made money and that was the biggest most fantastical part of the thing like yeah we sold hundreds of copies of the the comic which is great but after that on free comic book day where every person that's coming into that venue is looking for free stuff for the artists to still make money speaks volumes to about those people and their talents it's a gamble yeah. yeah I was so happy for them. I was so proud of my baby. She put a lot of work and a lot of effort into it. And Thank you. At one point in time, she had a line going to her table to just get signatures. Guys, it was book. so weird. It was so weird. Don't. Oh my god. I don't. No. It was. I actually, at one point in time, had had to turn. And there was. She had. Angie had uh, like the the girl who wrote and 
her boyfriend were standing at it was he was standing at the table and I could see him and Angie wasn't looking at me and I looked at him and I said you need to make her go faster because she had a line of like eight people and it was literally going back into the next room I didn't realize the line was for me that was the problem I've never I don't have lines nobody forms a line for me but I was the cover artist on these two issues like I'm the main cover artist and so, you know, he'd be like, oh, the, you know, the style A cover artist is right there. And he'd point to me and I, I didn't know that was happening. So yeah, I was just that really pretty girl chatting. with the purple hair in the corner. That's, yeah. that's the cover artist. If you want to go get your, her signature. So. But yeah, so that craziness is why, you know, prepping for that, helping everyone get ready, having company. Uh, that's why I haven't really watched stuff lately. Um, plus I've been teaching. So, um, yeah, thanks for letting me talk about it, guys. I'm really excited. And, uh. We'll put a link to it in the show notes that the book is called Tales of Cape Fear. Yeah. Uh, there's two issues. Um, a, what, 28? It, 28 page? What's I don't know. One? The first one is like between 28 and 32 pages. It's one of those. And then the second one is like almost double the size and it's the same price. It's like a stupidly good price. Yeah. Like we didn't do, we did a couple of different variant covers. We did a cover A and a cover B because we, we tried to get another local artist who's really popular in this area, especially with the um, Black Lives Matter uh, program that they have going on in Wilmington. Um, plus we, had, we put out sketch covers, you know, blanks. Um, but Angie did cover A for both issues one and two, and then cover B for issue one. Mm-hmm. Um, HP Fangs did cover B for issue two, and every, all of it is available at Memory Lane Comics down at their website. Like I said, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, we have a, 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 a pinup section in issue two. I love pinup sections. <laughs> Fuck doing extra covers. Give me a set of posters inside the book so I can see different people's art styles. I love it. So good. All right, enough about that. Very proud of you, baby. Thank you. Oh, you're making me uncomfortable talking about this too much. <sighs> you are excused from doing this. <laughs> Thank you. You are excused from watching all TV and dealing with all of that. I appreciate that. I promise it will be better now. Uh, we got my, the school where I teach got shut down because we have another COVID exposure. So yay, staying at home and not oh, doing anything. <laughs> Do you guys so, have mask mandates yet up, up north? What? Do you have a mask mandate yet up north? No. Not yet. Okay. It's <laughs> been suggested. So you see signs in front of all all the stores that say, "Could you please?" Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but, we you know, really yeah. appreciate it. That down here but they are now on the 20th they're doing indoor mandate where everybody whether you're vaccinated or not has to wear a mask again it's gotta come we just we haven't started school yet up here so Mm -hmm. that's gonna be the thing so but all right guys what did you watch ready go (laughs) uh would you like to go first my dear uh sure i don't have much uh i took back a very cute uh six episode little series on hbo uh called starstruck um Mm -hmm. very cute about this uh, australian woman living in london who ends up meeting and having a one night stand with a guy that she finds out the next morning is like a huge movie star (laughs) and then the series goes over the course of a year and they're like random meetings or like on purpose meetings it's very you know kind of awkward um it's a lot of awkward comedy so it might not be good for Evan. 
Is it? Oh, Wait, what's the what's the genre? Is this like a rom com type? It's deal? like rom com. Yeah. Oh yes, that's my jam. Did you did you see Notting Hill? Yes, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Sounds like that, except role reversed. Yeah, so it's very cute, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, the woman is in it, whose name escapes me, is very funny, and the movie star guy is very cute. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that. Um, since we missed an episode back a month ago, uh, we forgot to mention something that we watched that was very interesting. It wasn't exactly a show. It was a comedy special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a comedy special. Um, it's, you know, we're old and behind the curve, so it's something everybody has already seen and talked about. Who is younger Burnham? than us? Is it, hmm? Was it Bo Burnham? Yeah, Bo Burnham inside. Yeah. That was so <laughs> I have not watched it in its entirety because it still freaks me out. <laughs> that guy is crazy talented, though. Yes. Yes, he and is. And it freaks me out, like, that he was vulnerable enough to put all of that stuff out into the world. Yep. Like, that's some serious mental health shit. Like, like raw, vulnerable, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> there's no other word than vulnerable to describe it. It's just like... Wow. It's amazing. He, he reminds me of, like, I can hear even vocally um, of Weird Al. Yeah. But, like, next, the next generation or the next step. Because Weird Al's never done any, like, you know, foul language or anything like that. Nor has he ever been very, like, um, he doesn't comment much on current events other than, like, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like he does the you know polka medleys of whatever, whatever songs are popular. Or he'll talk about like you know, but he never like takes on serious stuff mm-hmm. that's going on. And so, yeah, I mean, I can only add to the chorus of the internet saying like, this guy is a genius. This thing is amazing. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Oh. Um, and I think yeah, I was pretty uh pretty thoroughly impressed by that myself. I. Well, I was more impressed by the beginning. Uh, I mean, I guess all right. It's difficult to say. I enjoyed the beginning of it a lot more. Um, Doesn't it get really depressing got, as it goes on? I don't know if it's necessarily really depressing. It definitely has its low points in the in terms of like depression. Okay. Uh, but it does maintain a degree of being interesting. But I mean, as somebody who was there more for something being funny, I got a lot more out of the beginning of it because I mean. You know, the white woman's Instagram song is one just, just absolutely hysterical. Uh, it I've was it that. was really wild. It was a weird thing, uh, but I'm I'm very glad that I've seen. it. <laughs> oh, sorry, just revisiting that in my head. Oh, so good. <laughs> I I did I had no idea it was coming. Because you know he starts he starts doing the whole bit and then uh, I didn't really know where he was going with that and then uh, yeah he went to a white woman's Instagram and that yeah. was hysterical. <laughs> Honey, have you watched that yet? I started watching it a little bit. Oh and it was man, just, it was just a little too weird for for me. I will. <laughs> we can we can do it together. We'll power through it. Yeah, it's not that long too. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um. It kind of feels a little longer just because of how uncomfortable it can sometimes get. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it's it's super like insightful too. Like there's a song in the beginning about him like 
you know oh the song about like comedy and he's like there's only one thing that i as a white man in this you know world of all these troubles that white men have caused can do uh to uh you know make the world a better better place while getting paid and being the center of attention (laughs) 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 and that's me you know make comedy (laughs) so you know he does a good job of like acknowledging his like place in the grand scheme of things and the ridiculousness of trying to make a comedy special when all this shit is going on that's Um, yeah that's pretty awesome yeah so i think i think that's it in terms of things that i watched on my own or with chris that aren't marvel or now we talk about marvel uh chris Chris, go (laughs) sorry i do have i do have a couple of things uh that are worth mentioning one thing that was brought up in our discord i finally got a chance to watch the first episode of jellystone and only the first episode of Jellystone because yep. it, because it is the only episode of Jellystone that my kids will watch. They will watch it several times. But oh. hey, do, do you want to check out the next episode? I want to watch the first one again. Okay. So they're not looking to see where the story goes. This. What's that? They're not looking to see where the story goes. Heathens. I just want to see more because it's. Did you guys watch Jellystone? We watched. We the tried first. <laughs> three minutes of it <laughs> yep. where he walks into the um, what is it the, the nursing home or, or something the hospital death by uh-huh. death by music or something it was just it was I was like <laughs> I don't what I don't this is yeah I'm not gonna lie Chris create something new yeah, I take all of my characters and do this to them but okay we got oh, as far as we're gonna get for more than a couple of minutes it, no. it takes a minute to get used to but it does a I, I didn't. I didn't love it. I'm not like over the moon. This is the greatest thing ever. But it did. It had. It eventually gets some pretty clever stuff in there. It. Not all the comedy hit with me for sure. Um, I think it's a pretty interesting reimagining of these mm-hmm. characters because you know, they're pretty dusty as far oh, yeah. as cartoon. Watching that go. intro, like seeing some of the characters show up because they were like doing like a parade of sorts, like. I was interested, like, that caught my interest, but what what bothers me the most is that they're trying to do the original voices, but they're just left of center. They're just off. Just a little bit. Because Yeah, like the, they, I mean, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to get 100%. I think uh, I think they got pretty... I think Boo Boo's better than Yogi, for sure. I think Boo Boo sounds pretty spot on. I think Yogi's like, you're right, he's almost there. <laughs> yes. But they kind of changed his character a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was the the one where they... Uh, did you get to the point with the nuclear stomach? Nope. Mm-mm. No, we made so it they, to, to, to he, Boo-Boo. <laughs> That's it. He, he's Boo-Boo. hungry all the time. And uh, he, he goes to, to choose lunch at the, the, the counter and he can't make up his mind. And he starts freaking out. So they, they calm him down like, Yogi, settle down. Just, just think about it. We'll come back to it tomorrow. And then he, uh, I think the, the doctor lady knocks him out with a hammer because it's a cartoon. Right. And when he wakes up, he's like, he's presented with all of the choices that he was going to make. And he's like, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. And like, no, no, you can eat all of them. We installed a nuclear stomach. And so like now he has this nuclear stomach. But what the, the doctor lady didn't figure was that now he has an infinite appetite. So he just goes around eating everything. And then he starts eating every one, <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> starting with boo-boo. And then he just... It, it, 
it's a pretty it's a pretty goofy cartoon. It's Alright. I don't know I don't know I don't know how much you'll get out of it. Um I thought it was pretty funny. Uh it was definitely funny enough to watch once, maybe twice. I'd love to see more takes on it, because there is one of the one of the episodes in there, Top Cat showed up for a few seconds, voiced by Tom Lennon. And that was wonderful. <laughs> he was selling some ridiculous product and then Yogi ate him. <laughs> <laughs> It's a. It, I'll, it is I'll definitely it a, shot. a weird style, but I did appreciate it. I like. I think I like it more than I liked the new Looney Tunes, because okay. people have been telling me a lot about like, oh, you got to check out the new Looney Tunes cartoons. They're just as they're just as good as those new Mickey Mouse cartoons, and I loved those new Mickey Mouse cartoons. I thought they were great, and the Looney Tunes ones are, they're good. But I guess I, I guess because they're not they're starting from a, a much more difficult place to emulate. Like those original cartoons are still so freaking funny, and right. these new ones, like, well, you're you're almost there. <laughs> you, yeah, you're, you're giving it that old college you, try. Yeah, you're good. It's got it's got some good gags in it. I mean, I think the the Wiley Coyote stuff works a little bit better than most of the, most of the other stuff because it's all sight gags, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's I guess a little bit easier to pull off being truer to the source material. Right. But. Uh, you know, it's it's fine. Uh, I didn't really knock my socks off, but uh, the the Jellystone I thought was interesting enough that I I do want to see more of it as long as the kids would be interested in watching another episode someday. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like Jellystone very much. Thank you. Uh, the the humor was weird. It was like too weird. It was either too weird or too focused on like bathroom humor like they went one too many times in on the same joke Mm. for me to like think it was funny and i'm not a big poop humor person to begin with um and like you guys all the time talk about animated stuff and art styles and i'm always like what the hell are you talking about i thought it looked fine the art style of this bothered me Mm -hmm. really I think it was because it kind of looked unfinished, like all the lines looked kind of rough and not clean. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, this looks worse than the original. Like, you know, this whatever 30, 40 year old cartoon right. that was drawn back in the day. They drew it with a pen and all the lines were filled <laughs> in. And like, this is like, I don't know. I don't like the way it looks. You have digital technology and you still couldn't make it look finished. Come on. <laughs> Yes, it it, 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 it bothered, and I'm glad to hear people who are artists and understand things way more than I do agree with me on that. I just I just didn't like the way it looked. I'm gonna be honest, Karen. Everything you're saying is 100% how I felt about it, and it's funny you mentioned the unfinished like look of it because that was the first thing that put me off. I was like half ignoring the story because I was so bothered. Like there's a part where. One of the characters, as they're talking, they kind of, like, bend their legs. I think it was Boo Boo. And he, like, kind of bends his legs. And, and there's, like, a like the outline. Like, when he bends his leg, the animation, the outline's incomplete. And then when he straightens his leg, it is complete. And I w- it was just, like, you're using round lines. I can see the type of lines that you're using to outline this character. And I was like, I don't want to see that. I don't like this style choice. You fucked up. <laughs> like... <laughs> I got really mad at it, and I didn't like the humor at all either. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, like, I there was like one time where, you know, mm-hmm. they called a pre- press conference after Yogi started eating everything, <laughs> and the, the lady doctor bear was like, 
the important thing to remember here is that uh, not to assign blame, and also I wasn't there because I was taking a poop. A big poop. And I'm like, that's not... Like, I don't know what is off about that. Maybe it's the delivery, maybe it's the writing, but, like, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, no, the, I, I agree. The toilet humor, they definitely missed the mark on a lot of the jokes. But I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not as bad as it could have been. Uh, <laughs> like, this isn't Thundercats Go. Uh, this right. isn't a complete bastardization of those super dusty old characters. And I was kind of, like, the art style didn't bother me. It had a weird... It had definitely has a weird look to it, and I can definitely see how it's an acquired taste. It didn't bother me. I thought it looked neat. Um, and as somebody who... I mean, I loved those characters growing up, but, I mean, those cartoons are... I don't know how else to describe them other than they're dusty. Like, they're just dusty as hell. Uh, I think this is an at least a, an interesting attempt at revitalizing them. Um, I don't know how well it's going to stick, but... I know the kids liked the first episode quite a bit, and I was fine with it, so, you know, I guess it's just me. No, I, I'll give it a it's shot. It's not I'd, for everybody, I'll you know? Be, I'll yeah, be it's honest, definitely, I didn't give it's, it enough it's, Somebody did this, right? There's, well, the, this was somebody from an established something else. I remember seeing somebody posting this, and then somebody re responded like, oh, I'm glad this guy's got a new show. It looks great, because I loved that previous show that this guy did. So, like, this is definitely applying in established style from some other cartoon that I've never heard of to this. So, mm. Mm. well, they anyway, can establish themselves right out the style. door. Damn. What was that? I said they can establish themselves right out the door. Uh, they can establish themselves right into my heart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> noises. Now. <laughs> Soundtrack of our life. <laughs> <laughs> almost barfing the soundtracks of your lives there we go uh we've been continuing our new girl trek and i'm enjoying the these episodes that i have never seen before so that's been nice. fun Where what season at? uh coach is gone i think we're in se early in season five so Ma um schmidt and cc are engaged so it is pregnant and not on the show uh and once well, her face from transformers just showed up she is she is sequestered sequestered yes Jerry duty yes, she's sequestered that was totally her in the window in that episode <laughs> most definitely they had her pregnant ass on set to show up as a silhouette in the window no no question uh, no it's been good i've been still very much enjoying it the show is very consistent and uh quite nice that unique get her off the show storyline though like that was a good play. To still keep her there, yeah. but not be there. That that worked for me. Good good show, show. <laughs> uh, and, of course, I finished The Bad Batch. I caught finished. the finale. Okay. And uh, it, the finale was pretty interesting. Um, it was more interesting than most of the rest of what I saw of that s series. Boy, a lot of the Star Wars fans that I... You know, follow. Mm -hmm. Really like this show. Really? I mean, just like every episode would drop, and they'd be like, "Another phenomenal episode of the." B I love this show. It's so great. And like, I'm looking. I'm thinking. Just thinking to myself. I'm are we watching something different. Like, I'm not sure what it is that you're liking about this here. Like, it's not bad. It's not actively offensive or anything. But there's just a lot of times that I find myself sitting there watching the show, being like, 
Alright, get on with it. <laughs> you gonna do something interesting now? I don't care about any of this. So, you would say it's more of a mediocre batch? Yeah, yeah, it's it's not quite a bad batch, but it's a it's a middling batch at best. Uh, but middling it did do batch. some pretty interesting stuff in the finale, including rip off a, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's a necessarily a rip off. I'm sure something else did it at some point, but uh, they pulled a, a a move from Transformers Beast Machines. <laughs> I called it they, they pulled a tank or so, you know, all five of you who know Transformers Beast Wars and Beast Machines. uh that one's for you. So, like, the, the whole plot in the beginning, when it was super interesting in the first episode, was, like, one they took one of them away from them because uh, they, they all these clones went through Order 66, but because they're, like, effed up clones, their chips didn't really function right. But then one of them started going off, and that guy wound up going with the newly forming Empire, and all that stuff's been interesting throughout the season is the formation of the Empire. It's just there hasn't been a whole lot of it. So this one guy... Um, uh, I don't know, he's the sniper one. God, I can't even remember these guys' names. Isn't that, isn't that a shame? Uh, anyway, the sniper guy, he's been like the bad guy this whole season, and they showed the the Kaminoans messing with his chip to be like, can we make him even more obedient? Can we make him like super pro-Empire and whatnot? Like, yeah. And so he's been like really chasing after these guys, trying to hunt them all down because they they – they were defective and they didn't comply with order 66 so they're traitors to the empire etc etc and so they finally uh caught up with the guy and they like were trying to you know capture him so they could remove his chip and he was just like you don't understand i removed my chip a long time ago this is who i am and like it was kind of effective but as soon as i saw it like Beast Wars did it better. They had this. They had the nicest guy throughout the entire Beast Wars show. This guy named uh, this guy named Rhinox. He was the nicest Transformer out of all of them. Ran through the entire series of the show. Then they did a sequel series where it was like in the future, and this guy was totally missing. But there was this other villain named Tankor, and he was like super evil. And they eventually like did this thing to like kind of figure out who they were before they became those guys. And he was Tankor was Rhinox, but Rhinox was like, Nah. Turns out I was wrong the whole time. I'm a kill all of you and it was so super effective and this was kind of like that but like eh, all right yeah that's 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 kind of interesting but like he didn't go like full evil what he wound up wanting was he wanted to capture all the rest of his crew and show them like look the empire is where we belong things will be better for you here and then these guys are all like yo we've been like bounty hunters for a whole season and basically the empire is every flavor of evil and they're gonna kill you um to which he, you know, he didn't believe him. So uh, then the Empire basically like betrayed everyone in Kamino. Kamino was the place where they made the clones. If you remember from mm. the Star Wars Attack of the Clones movie, that was with, with the people with the really long necks and the creepy space heads and whatnot. They made all the clones. Well, they were like the Empire's basically done with clones because they're moving on to stormtroopers, and they've been kind of like yanking these guys' chains for a while. Uh, and then they eventually decided, all right, we're just blowing this place up, clones and all. We're blowing up all of Camino. So they just opened fire on this place with Sniper Guy down there. And he's still loyal to the Empire even after all that. He's like, look, nah, they didn't know I was down here. I'm sure of it. It's fine. I'm going to go back and they're like, super happy to see me. It's going to be great. But uh, he helped save, like, the little girl Omega that's been with them the whole time she went down to like save a droid and then she was going to drown and he saved her and that was something so he's like he's clearly not evil he's a fairly interesting character but uh, it got renewed for a second season so you know I'll watch more of it 
It was fine. <laughs> was it fine, it was, Chris? It was fine. Coming off of Mandalorian and and What's, Rebels, like fair. I, I, I don't think that I had incredibly high hopes for it because I'm not like super into the clones as is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did a lot of stuff that kind of like pulled into other the fleshing out backstories that we didn't need fleshing out. Like this great character in Star Wars Rebels is uh, her name's Hera, and then we get to see her as a kid in a couple episodes, and I was like, all right, I guess that's neat, but I didn't need any of this this didn't move anyone's story forward in any meaningful way and i think that's kind of what i didn't what really kind of irked me about the bad batch was that it didn't feel like it moved things forward now apparently they set up some stuff for doing an interpretation of the thrawn trilogy which is an old series of uh, star wars um expanded universe novels that people love okay. but have been wiped from canon uh they brought Admiral Thrawn into um, uh, Star Wars Rebels, and if you remember in Mandalorian, Thrawn is who uh, Ahsoka's looking for. Uh, She asked, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn in that one episode? Mm -hmm. So, the running theory is that they're doing a sort of like, MCU type thing with Star Wars right now, with Thrawn being the uh, Thanos role, which is a pretty interesting thought, and they seem to have shown up at a planet that fits the description of the planet where most of the Thrawn trilogy took place in the novels at the end of Bad Batch. Uh, okay. So it definitely seems to be setting up some pretty interesting stuff. So even though overall I thought this whole season was pretty middling, and like seriously, I saw a, on Star Wars Explained, I think it was the, the channel that I follow on YouTube, it said, best first season of any Star Wars show ever. And I'm looking at it like... Are you out of your mind? What am I missing here? <laughs> it just seemed so bland. There were so many episodes with this, this like lady asking them to go on like pointless missions and stuff. It's just, it, I'm sure it's all building to something. So I'm interested. It definitely has my my interest peaked. Not as much as what we're going to talk about a little bit later, but uh, yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about what if, shall we? Yes, please. How much did you watch? How many episodes are there? There's only one. There's only the one? one. There's only one. Thank God I'm not that behind. I actually watched this. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Okay, go. Uh, Okay. Evan, you seem to be the one itching the most to talk about it, so so have at it, sir. Jump in. Scratch the itch, babe. So I have always been a huge fan. Scratch the itch, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been a huge fan of what if storylines in the comic book world. Like I I always thought it was great to take a a an established character or an event and just spin it a little bit to give me that same thing just from a different perspective and this show completely delivered on that this episode was you know captain carter what if you know carter got the 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 serum instead of steve and it was visually perfect like I love the animation style for this show. It Hated had... it. Really, you didn't like it? Oh, the visuals! I hate the visuals. Really? Wow. I, I you want to talk about an art style that makes me upset? <laughs> this I found. I found this show very visually upsetting. Uh, I like this. It's like I find shading. you visually upsetting. God, <laughs> <My> <laughs> <sauce>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Ouch. Just kidding. I'm, I'm taking all the, the Jellystone criticism in stride, and I don't like this one, and I get attacked. No, I just I don't I don't like this animation. It, it to me that looked super cheap. I understand what you're saying about cell shading. Mm-hmm. There was just something I didn't like about this specific flavor of animation. It had it was so devoid of personality, and. I think it did such a huge disservice to all the rest of the stuff that I loved about this episode. Oh, okay. I guess. Okay, so bring it. You you want you want to come at me about that? Have at um, it. I, I have my opinion. Damn it, and I'm entitled to it. You absolutely are, even if it's wrong. Um, it's not. Haley did a phenomenal job yet again as Agent Carter, and like getting all of the original voice actors in. Like uh, most, yeah, one? I was gonna say it wasn't everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there was a very important one missing, sir. Which one? Steve uh, motherfucker. Oh, Christopher Rogers. Robert yeah, Evans. Yeah. Okay. So I was referencing like all of the bit characters because it's Chris Evans, and yeah, they're not gonna bring Chris Evans in. Well, um, I don't. What do you mean? Yeah, they're not. What do you mean why? they're not gonna bring Chris? That they got friggin'. Black Panther to reprise his role. Did they? I thought that I thought they were they were lacing audio for him. No, that's his that's his last performance. Ah, see, like I I honestly got thought that they were lacing audio for him from from other things. So, and yeah, okay, Chris should have been there. Damn right, he should have been. I mean, but they had like it was okay. I just thought they did a phenomenal job with it. The story in itself was great. Um, they did they did right by agent carter they did like it's just it was told well and i just can't get over the fact that you didn't like the 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 art style like i love that cell shading work and he's never been a big fan of that anytime they do any that for like like they've done that kind of art for like doctor who with Mm -hmm. like you know of lost episodes where they still have the audio and then they do that kind of animation for the visual and he's just like I, I this is so interesting but it's hard for me to look at and mm-hmm. i eh, it's never bothered me i i'm with you evan i love this like telltale games like that's cell shading right there and that's that's beautifully done you know do you not like that okay you're 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 blanket brushing cell shading like too, way too much of a degree. Cell shading is how it's colored. I don't like how it's drawn. Okay. Like the cell shading's wonderful. Cell shading is applying 2D 2D style coloring to make something 3D look flat and 2D but be able to animate it within the 3D space. That was, you know, just kicking off back in the Dreamcast days with stuff like Jet mm-hmm. Set Radio. My favorite game of all time, Legend of Zelda the Wind Waker is so cell shaded. That, that that's what was gorgeous. throwing me. So what about, what about the art do you not like what is what is throwing you because that is- i think it's the lack of the lack of it being stylized i feel i feel this way a lot when i'm also reading um star wars comics when they look like they're trying to just draw paintings of the p of the actors you know what i mean okay i feel like it's tr- I want it to be more stylized, but it's it's really hard to articulate. There's something about this that looks cheap. Like I'm looking at it like these are 3D models that they want to look 2D. They're not you're not fooling me into thinking that it's 2D. Like look at something like Dragon Prince. Now mm-hmm. Dragon Prince has that whole actual like frame rate animation problem, mm-hmm. but 
the characters themselves don't always reek of this is a 3D model with cell shading applied. This always looked like 3D models with cell shading applied. It looked, to me, it looked cheap. Okay. And if you're going to do something this, like, clearly they couldn't do this in live action. So if you're going to do something this outlandish, doing this seemed like, well, we can't do this in live action, so we're just going to try to make it cartoony, but look really like live action and they didn't quite go as far as like that avengers game where it looks like all their stunt doubles or like the <laughs> z-list versions right. of captain america and whatnot are doing reprising their roles it, it wasn't that far there was just something about it that bugged me visually speaking okay like, i was like the eyes and the mouths in particular just really irked me um but that is just about my only complaint about the show because I, you're 100% right this was glorious as far as like everything that happened in it god was I saw somebody point out and I couldn't agree more like Carter's body count was way higher than Steve's mm-hmm. oh, way <laughs> higher he was she way better at the job right, at the, right out the gate like, god the action was so good she kicked yes. all of the ass yes yeah, that's I, my girl now that was great in the um the the uh the one of the complaints that I heard uh, a couple of friends of mine make and I do agree to an extent is that it did feel kind of like a like I don't know if rushed is the right word they they were they were trying to fit you know 10 pounds of awesome in a 5 pound bag uh, well they, they took an hour a 2 hour long movie and made it what 40 minutes it, Exactly. They so, really they had to, to crunch it down, and I, I understand that as a complaint. It would have been cool to see them go all out, I guess. But at the same time, I understand the point of it is, unlike anything else in the MCU, this is very, very specifically for people who have seen the originals. Yes. There is no coming into this if you haven't seen Captain America. It's not going to make sense if you haven't seen the first adventure. Mm-hmm. It's just not because they're leaving out most of it. This is going in with the assumption that you know that movie well enough to recognize the differences and the similarities. And I think that's a, a pretty bold play because most of the time they try to make these MCU movies connected in a way that makes you want to see the rest of them but also solo enough that if you just want to see this one you can just see this one you'll be more or less okay yeah they they, and, they have been consistent with the this it, this could be someone's first like that was always a yeah. mantra with with marvel um you are absolutely 110 percent right this is not someone's first you can yeah this should not be <laughs> i mean i don't I, I, think I could... there's a way given the nature of it there's not a way for it to be someone's first it's it's an alternate take on existing history like why would you watch this if you don't know the existing history like I you wouldn't completely agree but I... and and I, I that's why i think it's great that they went the route that they did with it because if they tried to make this more newbie friendly it would be half the show that it is I like that they went all in on, you know, jokes like, you almost ripped my arm off. They went all in with stuff like that because that's exactly who this is aimed at. And whether or not this has any sort of effect on the overall MCU remains to be seen, uh, especially since we got all that multiversal stuff going on with Loki. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, if this is this is the thing that most people skip, which most people are going to, this is never going to hit Loki numbers oh, because no. it's animated. Right. And just at the end of the day, oh, this is the tie-in cartoon. No one, nowhere near enough people are going to watch this, and that's already bumming me out. But 
it's that tr- said, it truly is a shame. And it's the visualization of the character as you know Captain Carter. I thought they did a fantastic job of that. Like I had seen complaints in certain feeds and whatnot that they made her very masculine and. I, I, yeah, they can jump up my butt. Took the super soldier serum. She, what I did like, they expect? But she didn't look masculine. That's the thing. She like she looks strong, yes. but she, she was still great. absolute. I mean, listen, we all know I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Peggy Carter, but like she was still very, very beautiful. Well, like, that, was, that was one of the funniest things that I had read. Was well, if you take her hair off and you if you if you cut her hair off and you remove her makeup, she looks like a guy. I went. That's every. That's, that's every everyone. female character. Like that. That's, that's, that's cartoon. Gender is a construct. <laughs> yeah, sure. She looks like a guy with with hips and a and, and right. Like, ass like <laughs> she, they, they. What kind of guys are the, you dating? The, you know, I'm the, just they. The proportions of the character were spot on because, you know, especially in reference to Steve's character, like it was cute that they gave him the Iron Man too. But I liked seeing them interact with each other. <laughs> was great when he was tiny. Like that just showed the difference because, like, Haley Atwell and and you know Chris Evans, proportionately are closer than Captain Carter and Steve Rogers in this cartoon, and it was adorable to see like she could pick him up in her hand if she wanted to. It but was adorable. she really loves him, and that was you could you could see that emotion at times or about the dance. I love that they still, you know, had them fall in love with each other even though Steve didn't get all you know yes gorgeous yeah well she felt she felt for him before he became Captain America if you know anything about me you know that I ship Steve Rogers and and Peggy Carter more than like anything else in the fictional universe and (laughs) I think I think these two are my favorite iteration of that couple Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go right out there and like they were just freaking adorable and it may be because they you know they had more time together not that they had more you know chronological time together but in the movie first avenger they were like kind of sniping at each other and like will they won't they or whatever there wasn't really much of that in this it was just like clearly these two like each other and you know in this timeline they've gotten over whatever insecurities they have that made it made them not talk to each other mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't like you know connect romantically until later point in the story but there was more of them like working together and being friendly with one another and that was just so adorable i loved it so much <laughs> oh yeah i just i really just loved everything i loved pretty much everything about this except for the visuals and i'm a enough for me to be fine with the visuals mm-hmm. like i like everything else about it enough to be like all right now this is what it is that's fine it, it, i will gladly deal with the visuals that i don't like in in service of watching the rest of whatever this is going to be which is thus far far been pretty fun i really hope we get something incredibly stupid in here though like so far all of them seem to be like the cool what if stories i want like I want something on the level of what if you know Aunt May was the Herald of Galactus? You know what I mean? I want, I want a big, I want at least one really stupid one. Well, they are probably going to keep with the, the movie tie-ins in some way, shape, or form, and like 
it's it has to be loosely at least loosely based to the MCU. I I can't like I think that they're 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 swinging for the fences is you know Black Panther as you know um, uh, Star Lord. That's going to be the next one. Um, I I and I don't even know what the rest of them are. I know there's that one. There's I, a, have they have they re- announced what the rest of them are? I'm I'm looking on IMDb right now. I want to see what the see what they have listed here. Yeah, they're just listed as episodes one, two, three, four. So we get nine of these things. There's gonna be there's gonna be a Marvel Zombies one. We know that. Which I I cannot wait to see what they do with that. Okay, looks like we have. Uh, what if Loki presented himself to the governments of Earth as king of Asgard using all his diplomacy? Oh, that's interesting. That's a mouthful and a half. <laughs> what? And these are all just IMDb descriptions, and they're assigned to kind of random episodes. What mm-hmm. if Thor was banished to Earth but was still worthy of his mantle? I don't know what that really means. Um, <laughs> Iron Man. And <laughs> what if the Thor movie's plot was useless? Because that's what that sounds like. <laughs> what if yeah. Tony Stark was rescued by Killmonger? That would be weird. T'Challa is yeah, Star Lord. Ooh, a severed Ant-Man head. What? <laughs> Yay! There, now I'm in. <laughs> Wait, what? What if Ant-Man had no head? <laughs> um, this this episode also spawned a, a little pet theory of mine that, like, all of the uh, original Avengers are going to be, like, shunted into a different a different Avengers role like now Steve is Iron Man that frees up Tony because he's a scientist instead of becoming Iron Man he can uh, somehow get turned into the Hulk I would love that actually I hold on uh, Clinton Barton apparently Clint, Clint's gonna be Hulk uh, like so the, the way this this article that I'm reading it's like it's it they had dissected the trailer for what if and it's two oh, shots okay. of the trailer scene Clint Barton Hulk mashup so well, you know, for all the for all the good, you know, dissecting trailers, does those liars, lying liars. Lying. I prefer. I I would prefer Tony just because of the kind of like antagonistic friendship that him and Bruce have in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just think that would be cute if he ended up as Hulk. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I feel, but you know, we can we can what if all day. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like it's it's they can do literally whatever they want. And if they, keep I could up do with this content, all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only complaint that I had was that they missed the opportunity of making uh, Stanley. Is it what's it? Iwatu? Is that how it's pronounced? The Watcher. Like giving oh, Watu? Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't we already see? We already saw Stanley talking to Watchers, so yes. we already know that Stanley isn't a Watcher. He's like one of their. I mean, you just know, making re- report the, the, guys. the visage of the Watcher Stanley-esque. <laughs> just oh uh, yeah. I, I feel like that would that would be betraying the stuff that he already did. You know, we've already established who Stanley is in this universe. Have we? Yeah, he was the guy talking to the Watchers. Yeah, what? But as what? Like <laughs> as their informant. As sh- their informant, he was. Okay. He always has the same face, like. Out right. there, he's he's the informant that because he couldn't be he couldn't be a watcher because he actively interacts with the people on Earth and watchers can't do that. Mm, okay. <laughs> I just think they did a great job, and I want to see Stanley again. I went into the the comic shop the other day, and 
there was a Mego-sized Stanley doll on display that I was tempted to buy. Oh, <laughs> so I want more Stanley. I'll allow it. He's gone. <laughs> Anywho, well, I when is Wonderful this? Show. When does this come out? Like I. When is this? It says it's Wednesdays, right? Is it Wednesdays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Week to week. Tomorrow, I know, we right? Get a new one tomorrow. Between we the- this and Ted Lasso, I'm like, I'm over the week to week releases. Karen's I like, want it fuck that now. Up. When does Ted Lasso release? Fridays. Fridays. Okay. That's why I'm always on your ass on Friday. <laughs> like, yeah, do you gonna have it for tonight? Because because I need it. Mama I need it right now. <laughs> <sighs> all right thumbs up for well, what if yeah big fat thumbs up big fat hairy thumbs up from all of us i i love the show and i cannot wait to see more of it and uh yeah it's uh it's time for us to take ourselves a break when we come back we've got a whole bunch of news to talk about you're listening to this week's episode from geekade.com stick around and now here's a quick look at some of the other original content available now from our partners and geekade.com First up, Batman is a superhero of many colors. There's the classic gray and blue, the solid black of the Tim Burton movies, the black and gray from the animated series, the best series, and of course, the solid purple of the classic NES game. I did not know there was purple. Okay, anyway. On an all new. Yeah, this is insane to me. I'm learning so many things from doing commercials. On an all-new weekend rental podcast, the guys discuss the pinnacle of bad video gaming with the Sunsoft Classic Batman, the video game, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as NES. I know things. But that's not all. There's also a discussion about the inevitable downsizing of one's video game collection and the wonderment that was Woodstock 99. Do you know what that means? Do I know what that means? Is wonderment the right word? Either way, make sure you check out Weekend Rental, episode 105, The Gamers Enter Bat Country. So they made Batman purple and they made Jason purple, didn't they? Yep. I was... (laughs) Was there no black pixels or something? Well, the backgrounds usually had to be black, so they had to make him something. Oh. Batman for NES is an awesome game. And he's like, he's got the black suit from uh, the the movie and all the cutscenes and stuff just during the game. He's he's the main portion of the visuals of him. He's not. Got got it. Yeah, because most of it takes place at night, so you make a black suit character on a black background. It's not going to read very well, so. True. Yay. All right, next, as you may know, Chris writes for Nintendo Force Magazine. As you may also know, he is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fanatic. So when his boss told him that their next issue is going to be TMNT-focused, he volunteered to write all manners of stuff. What he couldn't have predicted is that he'd be teaming up with Jonathan Holmes to interview Kevin Eastman. Uh-huh, why? Which is totally a thing that happened. He also wrote about a couple of vintage TMNT games, including the grossly underplayed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for Game Boy, and he reviewed Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. And Blaster Master Zero... Th- Blaster Master Zero 3? Yeah, <laughs> Too many right. numbers in that title. So if it sounds cool to you... Who needs to things to make sense? <laughs> <laughs> or if you you just- ever played Final Fantasy 7 and think... 
wait, what? <laughs> Wasn't the first one the last one? It was the final. That, but they're not even in order. So if you want, okay. Uh, so if that sounds cool to you, or if you just want a rad DMNT poster to hang on your living room, head over to nintendoforcemagazine.com slash shop and get in on all the action. You won't regret it. I'm not reading the HTTPS colon slash. You just did. Fooled you. <laughs> I'm just going to read mine straight because I don't have the energy for you people. <laughs> Finally, Geek Aid's narrative sci-fi podcast is back with an all-new episode. It's called Radio Free Rhea, in case you were wondering what show I'm talking about. Anyway, Hallie is unhappy with some station changes, but Ren is unhappy with his life as a whole. Also, how are those Martian spiders doing? Find out in Radio Free Rhea Chapter 3. Shut it down, Mr. McLeod. Really need to listen to that. McLeod! <laughs> For all this great content and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on geekade.com. I got that reference. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we have a whole buttload of news to talk about. Exactly as much news as you can fit in a butt. So let's start off with... How do you know how much news you can fit in a butt? I guess it really depends on the butt. Butt news. Speaking of news, this comes to us from Tor.com. Neil Gaiman's Anansi Boys is headed to Amazon Prime. Who can tell me what this is? Uh, This is yet another adaptation of a Neil Gaiman novel that he is... Uh, executive producing in conjunction with Amazon. Um, this is a pretty popular, um, pretty popular one of his novels. Not as big as American Gods, um, or well, I don't know. Good Omens was never that big until the TV show hit. Yeah, it was true. a cult favorite. But anyway, um, it is. It's an awesome story. I'm glad to see it. Uh, Isn't it glad. the same universe as American Gods? But it's not. It's I, not a sequel. It's just like relevant. Yeah, uh, Gaiman had the idea for a Nazi Boys first, and then borrowed Mister Nancy and put him in American Gods. Okay. So yes, it is technically same universe. They're not really connected. Okay. Uh, aside from that one character, um, mm. which I didn't watch all of American Gods, but. I thought um, that Orlando Jones as Mr. Nancy in American Gods was fantastic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I saw of it. And then, you know, that poor show just kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, but that's not that, you know, American Gods is not this. And uh, I do Neil wonder how American Gods might have gone differently if Neil Gaiman had gotten into making TV a little earlier and had more of a hand in that show. Um, but anyway, this should be good. Um, I'm all in for this, despite the fact that it's, you know, to do with, uh, um, you know, mythology surrounding a spider character. <laughs> just going to have to get over that one, <laughs> which I will do for Neil Gaiman and Neil Gaiman only. <laughs> just, just, that's it. Well, as long as we know you're motivated. He deserves it. He's my favorite for a reason. Is he actually your favorite favorite? Yeah, he's my favorite author. Oh, did not know. Well, you know, hashtag the more you know. I'm shooting star graphic gif going over the whatever. I knew that one. 
Good job. I would hope so. It only took, what, 17 years? Is that what you said? How long have you guys been together again? (laughs) 17 years today. Congratulations. And we're celebrating by doing a podcast together. (laughs) There it is. True love. It's love right there. Well, you know, to be fair, it's our dating anniversary. Not, well, you know, we, we properly uh, do the, the wedding yes, anniversary. Yes, we properly celebrated our, our, our wedding anniversary last month. Listen, there is no better way to celebrate your dating anniversary than with friends who... Recording a television podcast. Yeah. Wait a <laughs> who are incredibly interesting and totally awesome people to hang out with on double dates. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about anymore. I'm confused. <laughs> Anywho's, our next story uh, was posted from Facebook, something called Only Murders in the Building. So this is a trailer for a Hulu show uh, that features uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin as a couple of guys who live in a building where a murder takes place, and it looked fantastic to me because I love when those two guys interact with each other on any form of screen whatsoever because I find them hysterical. But they, it's like it seems to have a lot of like um, clue feelings to it. You know the, the movie Clue. Um, yeah, it has vibes. like yeah big like comedic murder mystery energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I I I am looking forward to checking this out. So it looks like a lot of fun. Couple um, of Martins making some yeah. stuff. I watched the trailer for this and I had no idea what the hell it was and I was like oh. Oh, right. well, thank you for bringing this to my attention. <laughs> Anytime I see the Martins together, I was like, this is something I'm going to enjoy. So, And it comes out at the end of this month. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so someone please get me some Hulu access and or other nefarious things. We got you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be gotten. Yes, it is. Who? Lou. What? Ha. Speaking of who's. <laughs> Speaking oh, no. of who's. Oh, God. Uh, this <laughs> one segue. comes to us by way of DoctorWho.tv. Um, yes, the official Doctor Who site. Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall to leave Doctor Who in a trio of specials in 2022. And at, with those words, you hear neckbeards across the internet celebrating in joy. Mm-hmm. And me punching all of those people because shut up. <laughs> I mean, there you know, it's inevitable that you know people who don't like Jodie as as Doctor Who are going to be like, you know, well she couldn't hack it, blah blah blah. She finally got fired. Bitch got the axe. She, you know, she sucks, and you know, how she's paying for. Go shut up! I hate you so much. Get this a penis is like, back in that role. This is standard Doctor Who tenure. She did yeah. three seasons. She did a great job. She's moving on. No one can blame her for that. Um, uh, I'm always happy to see fresh blood come in. Um, I did word not. on who? Possibly? No. No. Cause... They're like being, they're always super cheeky and coy about it, but they'll do a reveal. I would bet since the season has been announced to be coming out uh, by before the end of this year, mm-hmm. I would say probably there's going to be some big reveal around the end of the season. How is this happening with the Doctor's reincarnation shenanigans? 
What do you, what mean? Do you mean? That he's supposed to be out of lives? Yeah. No. They explained it away in a Christmas special a couple of years ago where he just got like kind of carte blanche on regenerations because he, he saved, he saved the Time Lords. The Time Lords barfed a whole new set of lives at him. Yeah. Right, so what so. actually happened is he, he took his, his, his screwdriver and did up, up, down, down. <laughs> left, right, left, right. Be a select start so that he can get a two-player game going with a two-player 30 lives yeah he said uh you know <laughs> look at me i did a screw- video game reference Woo-hoo! <laughs> the screwdriver doesn't work on wood but they never said anything about video games evan can video game <laughs> um I'm and so now you. now that this has been announced it's time for me to get back up on my soapbox about um make the make the 14th doctor richard iwate do it do it now <laughs> okay why because he's amazing. He'd be fantastic. I would love to see it. Okay. That's fair. And you know, we you know, we've broken the uh the gender barrier in the doctor. Can we now break the race barrier? Well, is he is he on the show or into the show? Like is there a reference to him at any point being involved with Doctor Who? I don't know cuz I no. I'm so behind. No. Okay. No, he's just a he's a nerdy guy. He's an awesome actor. I think he'd be fantastic in that part. Yeah. Yes, um, I definitely agree. I was just curious about it because it was one of those things where I just like didn't know if there was any connection, and I would no. And you know they do that. they have done that before. Like Peter Capaldi was in the show before he was on it. Karen Gillan was in the show before she was on yeah. it. Um, there've been a lot of those. Um. But everybody in England is eventually on Doctor Who, so he's going to be on there somehow, but I would like to see him in the title role. (laughs) I could definitely see him being a good doctor. Well, I've really only seen him as Moss, but... And that's the problem, like, because that's his character all the time, is is Moss. Like, that, that the the cadence, the way he he presents, it's always in, in some way, shape, or form Mossian. And I don't feel that that will be able to like if if he separates himself from that to do a new version for Doctor Who, I don't think people will be okay with that because that's not the guy I know. And then if they if he does that character as Doctor Who, they'll be like, that's not my Doctor Who. He's that's the guy that's in the basement trying to fix my computer. It's Doctor Moss, thank you. So. I feel pretty confident that the people at the BBC know that no matter what they do, people are going to complain. It's like That's choosing true. a host for an o- for the Oscars. It's a job nobody. It's a terrible job because ever someone's going to hate it. Lots of people are going to hate it no matter what you do. But or like choosing a host of Jeopardy. Mm, the Oscars. <laughs> Hosts let's, we let's hate. Get a, let's get a new story in for that one. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I found one. Let's just was... talk about that real quick. For, before I jump over to that particular ship, one thing, one criticism, this whole Jodie Whittaker leaving thing that I saw surprisingly more of than I expected is something that I also kind of agreed with is that a lot of people were, a, a lot more people than expected were saying that they were hoping Jodie would stick around for at least one more season so that she could get a different writer. Because I agree that I haven't loved a lot of the writing uh, on this uh, on Chibnall's run. Like I think Jody's phenomenal. Chibnall did some really great stuff, but I think he kind of did some really shit stuff too. Like I didn't love a lot of the writing on the show. I didn't like a lot of the directions that they went. So uh, you know, 
I think it would have been great to see Jody with a, a a different writer, but you know, it is what it is. I'll 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 take what happens. And thank you, Evan, for uh, so we can get thro- the throwing names. this up. Jeopardy.com. Uh, uh, I I don't have a huge horse in this race, but I was uh they just did this whole thing on on Jeopardy of like they had a bunch of guest hosts and be like, oh, who's going to be the next real host of Jeopardy? There's a bunch of other people and like a bunch of people showed up and did the show and uh, everyone seemed to really like uh, what's his name from Reading Rainbow and Star Trek: The Next Generation, Lavar Burton. Lavar Burton, yeah. right? And then you know who gets the job? Some random milk white dude who's an executive producer on Jeopardy who has no business doing the job. Well, they're they're. Reasoning behind that was he is the closest to Trebek. <laughs> Bullshit. The reasoning behind it is he's an executive producer, producer yeah. and he wanted to do it. Yeah, that's it. I don't understand why they're doing two hosts. That's unnecessary. Um, I, I feel like it's like one of those. It's like kind of the least they could do to throw a bone to people, kind of a thing. Like, because mm-hmm. nobody wanted this guy. No. no fan of Jeopardy looks at looked at this show and said, yeah, that's the guy I want. I want the executive producer to be the new host because he wants it. Uh, no, nobody wanted that. But a lot of people liked my MB Alec. So which I think is, this is like, is, let's throw him a bone on special things. We'll let her host. You know, she can she can kind of, you know, be there when we need her. But really, we're just going to give it to this guy because he wants it. And he's an ex- executive producer. And it's bullshit. It should have been the bar. I agree. But it is what Karen, it is. Karen, do you have any thoughts on that one as our resident Jeopardy expert? I mean, obviously I don't love it. Obviously I don't think an executive producer should take the job over an on-air personality. Um, I, you know, I don't think the show's doing itself any favors by using this person, but I could be proven wrong in terms of his talent for hosting the show you know maybe maybe we're we're all going to be surprised by how good he is i also think that the choice of mayim bialik as a you know secondary host is um as other people have pointed out um problematic because she wrote a uh after when the whole weinstein thing was happening she wrote an op-ed in the new york times kind of like victim blaming um so not great not the greatest person they could have chosen doesn't mean she's like a trash human or anything but (laughs) well a lot of people were excited about her and i i hate saying this uh but it's true that a lot of people were excited about her because she was on big bang theory therefore she must be really smart and nerdy well she is actually really smart like she's she stupid, is. Sorry, she's like a, a like a, she has a doctorate in something or other, like neuroscience. Yeah, she's really smart, and she has some shit opinions on things. So, um, I don't love this. Is my commentary on it? Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on back to tour dot com. Uh, Marvel's Hawkeye gets a date. It's coming home for Thanksgiving. There it Yay. is. Yay! Oh, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking for it's another Marvel joint, so they'll finish. Isn't is this the one that's based on the comic we just read? Like, or is this I, I, based I around? Got, it's based around that theory. Well, no, 
because it, it says like Matt Fraction and David Aha. Right there, they it seems like they're transitioning the Hawkeye Archer? character from the male version of Hawkeye to the female version of Hawkeye for the MCU, and that happens to be that in in that area of that tra- that that trade that we just read. We're part of a graphic novel book club that we just read a Hawkeye. Story, but so. that story, that trade that we read, like if this is the run that, that I'm seeing, which I believe it is, it's a great like if if they take the pacing, if they, if they take the inspiration from that comic, this is going to be a fucking stellar show that because that comic to be was great. Where they are drawing inspiration from, which is, and I've also heard almost nothing but good things about that particular series. So yeah, I'm pretty jazzed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, this is where we're going to get our next iteration of Hawkeye. I just kind of wonder which which side is this? Uh, which side is she going to land on? Uh, is she going to be with a Seinfeld lady, or is she going to be from uh, <laughs> with the uh, the good guys? Who knows? So, yeah, I also is- am excited to see more Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> what's what's awesome about that trade, that story run, is there is a whole issue like right in the midst in the middle of that story of uh, about his pizza dog his well pizza dog first but uh all the different arrows in his quiver oh yeah and the way they visually did it like there's so much action and then like an inset panel of you know the the punching bag or the the the, the punching glove arrow or the boomerang arrow I want to see that done in live action (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him kind of like when they pause a Looney Tunes um, Roadrunner cartoon and they're like you know give the description of their species and yes yes, facts about (laughs) them (laughs) yes yes I I really yeah and the way that they pace like it's the reason why I'm saying if they pull inspiration from this it it felt a little what we were saying what it was like Guy Ritchian Yes. You know, like it, the way that it was written and the way that it was executed, this is a, like the comic itself was a really good setup for this show to just take directly from that. Like even the way each, um, uh, issue would open, it, you know, it was, it, okay, this looks bad. Right. Yeah. And like, if they do, oh my God, if they do that, there's so much room for awesomeness that like. It's, I'm it's, trying not it's, to get excited because I'm always disappointed. Pretty much, he has nothing to do with any of the other Avengers. Pretty much, um, it's him like being a normal dude. Like he's he's in hiding almost. So that I mean, that's prime storytelling for the two the two Hawkeyes. I think it's a I think it's a great pull. Hopefully, we'll see if that's what they actually are doing. Mm. Yeah. So well, sorry. I'm looking forward to it. I also wonder, and you know this question comes from me being like a complete comics I know nothing about comics but like how this seems kind of a like a you know down to earth you know training the next generation very like kind of small story mm-hmm. um, and I wonder how that's going to fit into this like direction that the MCU seems to be going right now with like crazy multiverse shit is happening but i guess that's hawkeye's always thing is like you know we're, yeah, we're in a city in the sky fighting an army of robots and i have a bow and arrow none of this makes sense right, <laughs> right. yes <laughs> exactly 
Oh, All right, okay. uh, we'll come back to that one a little in a little bit. Let's yeah. move on to this next one. This comes to us from GamesRadar.com. Midnight Mass, a mm-hmm. new series from Haunting of Bly Manor creator Mike Flanagan, gets its first teaser. Angie, tell us about this. Okay, so the teaser is really short, but uh, really all you need to know about this news article is that this is happening. Um, I will say that I did not love um, the Bly Manor series, so I'm really hoping that this will do some better stuff. Um, you didn't it, like that one? No, I didn't. I didn't like it as much. That that was all of the characters. It's yeah, they're doing it similar to American Horror Story, where it's like the anthology thing. Like it's it's different stories, but same cast, but not the entirety of the cast. Uh, So for this one, there is also some cast returning. Um, But the thing that actually excited me most about this article, as of like a week ago, is that he is also planning to adapt to the comic. There's something killing the children, which is absolutely freaking phenomenal um i ended up reading about the comic and then listening to someone tell me about it and then flipping through the art and then like getting completely immersed randomly throughout different points of different issues because it was so well done um this seems to be like one of those titles where uh it's sort of just coming up out of nowhere like people have probably seen it on their on the shelves um at their comic shops and like haven't really known uh what that is or like maybe they've just ignored it or whatever and but like it's really really good it's really good and the main character is super badass um it's a boom studios comic so it's not like marvel or dc so i'm curious to kind of see like how something uh, along these lines would be adapted and I do like Ma- Mike Flanagan's work so I'm I'm really hoping that th- both of these new series will be good um, and I hope that Midnight Mass is not just a rip off of Shutter Island because then I'll be angry <laughs> but yeah so that's it we don't have a whole lot about uh, what's going on with this other than it wrapped production in December of 2020 and I don't know when it's like coming yeah. it says wait the, and haunting of blind papa has its first teaser the seven episode series was first revealed in 2019 and wrap production to december 2020 yeah so yeah that's it um yeah, post-production finishing up tying up loose ends so yeah we'll get it um and then there, there was some stuff about like i don't know i don't know i don't want to say anything else i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna wait for more and uh horror fans be ready I hope you guys are into this, and I want to know what other people think about Mike Flanagan's stuff, and if they've liked the other two shows, because I thought Haunting of Hill House is literally one of the best things I've ever seen in horror television, or the horror genre. It's a good show. Hmm. Yeah. So, no more scary stuff for you guys. Let's talk about Star Wars or something. <laughs> what makes you happy? Okay. <laughs> Uh, this next one, this uh, just dropped, I think, earlier today. Uh, this was a tr- trailer for Star Wars Visions, which was announced uh, a little while back. And <laughs> We're actually talking about Star Wars. Sorry, yeah. that was not... Okay. You didn't look yeah. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, that was intentional. Segways. 
So they announced this show a while back when they just word barfed all those Star Wars shows. Like, ah, we got a ton of Star Wars shows. And that was at first I was like, I don't know, are you going to dilute this too much? And then I realized how different these shows were, and I thought, okay, no, this is this is neat because this mm-hmm. is just such wildly different things from one another. And goodness gracious me, I am so into this. <laughs> how many uh, squeeze came out of your face as you were watching this trailer? Like tee hees and giggles. I I don't even know. I'm <laughs> um, did uh, Angie? Did you watch this trailer yet? Uh, yes, I'm actually going back through it just because uh, I loved looking at it so much and um, so many different art styles. Yeah, so like much, it's beautiful. It, there's uh, the. It's gonna be. This is actually gonna be a Star Wars thing that I'm going to purposely watch. Yes, but there was a point. Hold on, did I miss it? I might have. I might have gone too far. Like when they're talking about the seven studios, I think it was right. Seven studios. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was like seven Let's studios, see. and then like right before they had done that, it looked like there was like a Miyazaki-esque scene. Um, yeah, like two kids running down some stairs, then somebody flying uh-huh. on an umbrella. Yeah. 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 Seven yeah, like, visionary anime studios. So in case you don't know what this is, they basically had seven anime studios create Star Wars stories. I have no idea if any of this stuff is actually canon. I'm going to guess... It's not, but then who the heck knows? It's it's Star Wars. It mm-hmm. takes place in the infinite void of space. So, but boy, there's sh- like this is they did not hold back in the least. This is incredibly anime. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like mm-hmm. it looks amazing. Like <laughs> tons of different crazy looking creatures and all and- of its gorgeous there's the, a lightsaber umbrella looking thing that just a stick with like 15 lightsabers and started spinning around or something yeah. it's just insanity and it looks so cool and so interesting and there's like a bucket head there's definitely a person with like a bucket head well <laughs> i and then this is this is kind of what i'm talking about when i was talk when i was complaining about how much i didn't like the art style in uh, what if is then I look at something like this and it just strikes me as so incredibly refreshing um, but it's it again art is totally subjective so I'm not saying one is bad I didn't like that one I love this whereas boy you want to look at the look at the comments section people hating on this already because you know there's nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans that's but, the truth you guys are horrible. God there's this bit it's it's taking I was assuming that this was going to be here are some stories to tell and then they would have these anime studios basically do that but they are basically applying the rules of the Star Wars universe to anime like Mm -hmm. they're showing this Sith like character this blonde lady who takes a kyber crystal and shoves it into her chest and then is controlling like lightsaber whips which mm-hmm. is just so ridiculously anime, and I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, the the the, yeah. the one I'm just looking at a Star Wars site, and there's the scene where the guy un it he unsheaths the lightsaber. He like unsheaths it, the lightsaber. It's the coolest. It makes oh. no sense, but it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. That, I'm glad somebody else commented on that because I've I've watched that part a couple times now and I'm like, this makes no sense. But that's totally a samurai thing. Yeah. And like, I was he's just holding like, it yes. like a samurai and yeah. he activates it as he pulls it off of his belt, but he pulls it forward like a samurai sword. Yep. So it looks like it's being unsheathed, but it's just extending as he's pulling it forward. It's so dope. It's so dope. <laughs> like this is this I is love awesome. It. <laughs> this th- this could not possibly make me happier. I was I'm so enthralled by this. And I'm very excited to see who the studios are. I haven't looked yet. Like, I will eventually look this up. And I want to see, like, which studios are making this and then what other things they've made that I've watched. Because I used to, when I was younger, watch a lot more anime. And, like, I talk about anime a lot with my kids when I'm teaching. So this is something that I think is going to be accessible to so many different audiences on such a different level. And I'm really looking forward to it because this is like so perfect i don't know i just think star wars and and anime is like a perfect combination and i can't believe it never happened before especially after watching the animated stuff and seeing how much i loved clone wars like this just makes sense so hell yes give it to me now what else is super cool is like the trailer that this is the trailer for the english dub Mm -hmm. because there's also japanese voices like yeah this was all done in Japanese by these studios, and then they did an English dub. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, the English dub sounds great. Like, it sounds high quality, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to watch it with subtitles, because, you know. That's how I will watch it. So I just threw a link into our chat where it shows um, the studios and the actual titles of the episodes that the studio is doing. We can yes. add that in. I don't recognize any of the studios, so yeah, I don't recognize these names because I'm not great at that. But I want to look up. Um, so these are the episodes oh that God. they're doing. So, so I'm just got to look up what these studios are all known for to right. to find out why. But either way, this is gorgeous, and great. I want all of it now. I'm mm-hmm. so excited about this show. Would mm-hmm, you say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that this looks like a good way to get someone who is an anime fan and not a Star Wars fan into Star Wars? Theoretically, I don't know how well it's going to translate into watching other Star Wars media. Like, I, I, this is I am never, so anime. <laughs> I am never just, interested in Star Wars stuff when I see it. Like, it's not my cup of tea, but when I saw this trailer, I was like, wow, this is something I'm going to watch, and I really don't think it's going to to get me involved in, in the Star Wars universe. This is just a visually stunning thing that it's, you know, on its own. I mean, it might. I mean, it depends on how much this really goes into the lore and what it does. Like, I really don't know what this is going to do. Uh, I don't know if or how it's going to tie into anything in canon. This could just be Star Wars what if, for all we know. Um and either way, I'm fine with it. Either way, I'm 100% on board with this. I cannot wait to watch it. It looks it looks so cool. I haven't watched an anime in such a long time, and this is really like... This is scratching, scratching a serious itch. And it's so much more visually exciting than Bad Patch. There was another thing I just didn't like about that show is it was back to that original Clone Wars just kind of ugly look and you know after six seasons of that show i was pretty much done with that visual style and this is such a breath of fresh air 
I'm super excited. Yeah. yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. And just looking at like I've already started looking up some of the studios because I don't know all of them either. Um but I can yeah. All I'm gonna say is I, I recognize names from these uh studios. Um it's gonna be good. It's gonna be real good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, moving on, we got Screen Rant. Uh, Stephen King's Chapelweight series teases creepy house in new video. Um, so this is a ten-episode miniseries based on Stephen King's short story uh, Jerusalem's Lot. Um, so Jerusalem's Lot is the town in which Salem's Lot, the vampire story, takes place, but every Stephen King novel takes place in a town somewhere in Maine. Um, this is like, a, I, I think it's set in the 1800s. Yes. Um, and Adrian Brody and his kid are in a, it's it's like a haunted house story it seems. So I love Stephen King stories and I think Adrian Brody is just one of the creepiest guys ever. <laughs> so I am really I'm excited to, to, to check this out. I love that the the I love how Stephen King's mythology is loosely tied together by location. So it's just it's just something that super interested me. It's I'd like that just a, a, like a short trailer or a teaser if you will and it's Adrian Brody literally listening to the walls of the house that they're staying in and there's noises coming from the walls and he tells his daughter or the kid that he thinks that there are like there are rats in the house and I know it's not there's not rats in the wall I know there's not so but one of the things that looked really good about this is is this whole scene is one minute like the whole trailer is just this one minute and it's this one location and the lighting is so good. It's creepy. Like <laughs> a lot of times when they adapt Stephen King stuff, it just loses something. And every time um, a good one comes out, it's that you it it's that it instills that creepiness vibe that you you put on Stephen King for writing. Um, every once in a while, you get it. But this just this short trailer it made me feel like they're going in the, at least they're trying to go in the right direction with this. So they're not force feeding it. They're, they're setting the mood and setting tone and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Epics. All right. Uh, screen rant, uh, shows us sex in the city reboot reveals first look at Carrie's new best friend. <sighs> so I put this up there because I have unfortunately watched all of sex in the city. Cause I, I was dating. Hey, that show Don't was say good. unfortunately. Uh-huh. That show was great. Yeah. So I was not a big fan of the show. And appears, I never finished it, though. It appears that the only thing that I really liked about the show is not going to be on the show anymore. Samantha. So. She was my favorite, too. Uh, it's just, it's the next chapter of the Sex and the City. Just mm. And just like that is the, the subtitle. <laughs> you uh, right there, babe? I... Uh, I don't know about this man. I just, you know, who is this for? Who is asking for this? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely you know, not I like, Control. Kim Control is like, not asking no, for this. No, <laughs> clearly not. Um, I like this as much as, you know, I like the original show as much as, you know, not as a super fan, but 
as much as anyone else. Um, and I just, I mean, the m- second movie was not a good idea, and I don't know why they would go back to this well again. And I wonder how some of the content from the original series is going to play in the continuity of this, given that the world is completely different Mm -hmm. um, with regard to a lot of the subjects that they dealt with. Yep. You know, sex and relationships and how, you know, people treat each other and whatnot and, um, you know people's you know gender identity is being a lot more varied now and what all the fuck of that is carrie's job gonna be yeah i mean that was already she, pushing it back when the show was out well she married big so her job is trophy wife except i believe i read somewhere that they're getting divorced that's in the plot of this um I am shocked so that they didn't replace Katral with a woman of color in some way shape or form like, yeah um so i mean i'm gonna watch it because like morbid curiosity but i'm not excited about it i'm definitely feeling the same like i am i'm curious about it but i'm also not excited and it did say in the article that it looks like they're going to be exploring society as it is now and how it relates to the characters and how they've grown um so hopefully they have grown as people because oh my god Carrie Bradshaw irritates the shit out of me um as she should she irritates everybody she's like the worst she yeah she was not for me like like the supporting cast was more interesting than she was and I just don't know without Samantha if I care enough to go back to it other than the morbid curiosity and this is just another one of those things where it's like I liked it for what it was I don't need to go back to this because it excites me there's other stuff like television in some ways is starting to make me feel like comics like it just keeps bringing back shit that should be let alone make a new new story all of the ideas have been used uh, I'll take Shadow and Bone fuck it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and just to clarify my point i didn't mean to say that there weren't people of many different gender identities during the time of the original run just that they weren't they weren't prominent mainstream recognized or people weren't you know fewer people were out as those things not that they didn't exist and i feel like they did a good job at least with exploring sexuality i feel like they did cover some of that in the show Mm -hmm. so like that seemed if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm just like inserting that into a memory, but I really did feel like they did stuff that I didn't see in other television at that time. And that's cool. Like, I just, I don't know what this show is going to have to offer now. I really don't. So morbid curiosity for the win. Yay. No, not for the win. Just (laughs) for the meh. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right, what do we got left here? Um, oh my goodness, the Why the Last Man official trailer happened. Yes. Ah. yes. Yeah, looks great. <laughs> looks great. I'm into it. 
Do you All guys actually believe it's going to happen now? Nope. Now that there's an official trailer? <laughs> no, nope. And it's like got a release date that's a month from now? Until nope. I see it, the episode air with my own eyes, they could still be like, never mind, it's canceled. What? Yeah. Why? And I, no. I'm so scared that this is going to be something that I'm like super into and I'm really ready for it. And then oh, it's going to get canceled. FX. Yeah, like FX is going to light on fire or something. I don't know. I just, oh my God, please. Please. This looks really good. The, the trailer, trailer yeah, it does. And I don't remember in the comic, like I haven't read it in a while, but I don't remember them actually showing everything that happened in the beginning of this series. Like you just follow, like I think you're just with Yurik. Like you just, you just start with him, and you just go, and like he kind of talks about it, but there's not a whole lot of like this. This looks, it's gonna, it's gonna really get into it, and I think it's gonna do it in such a good way. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Sorry. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. I'm still nervous as hell. I know. Looks good. Looks good. I'm so looks excited. Good. It's good. But they're good, keeping, good, good. like, everything I've seen so far really seems to follow the oh, the essence of, of what I like about the comic. And I haven't even finished the series yet. So, like, oh, just give it to me now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just wait to finish reading the comic so I can enjoy the show for what it is because I've learned that that's probably the better way to do things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please, please and thank you. Oh my god, right, you know this means that we're going to get a going. saga show at some point. We're going to have it. you get a what? We'll get saga at some oh, point. Yeah, at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Moving on. Uh, Hollywood Reporter, Magnolia Network renews nine series set, <laughs> sets expanded fall slate exclusive. Okay. What? So, in my ho- in our household, we are big Chip and Joanna Gaines fans. Um, Fixer Upper, uh, like they they we just like them, and not only as a couple, but as entertainers. They, the the cooking shows and the the, the, the all of their Fixer Upper esque stuff. Uh, they started a pseudo network on Discovery Plus that they have a number of different shows renewing. Um, it's all in the vein of cooking show, uh, design. Um, Clint got a show. And that was the biggest thing. Like, my favorite part of Fixer Upper is when they go to their their woodworker contractor, Clint, to say, hey, we need this specific table fixed, or we need you to design this thing, or we need this built out of wood or, or repurposed wood. And their carpenter is Clint Harp. And he is getting a show called Restoration Road. Or he's getting a second season for his show, Restoration Road, with Clint Harp, where he goes to historical places and or historical structures and uh, restores them, which that is so interesting to me. But um, you got Restoration Road, you got Super Dads getting a second season, um, Point of View, a designer's profile, Lost Kitchen, uh, In the Works, which is I-N-N, which is about... You know, epic renovations and whatnot. Um, homegrown, first time fixer, family dinner, and Magnolia Table, which is the Joanna Gaines cooking show, uh, the Kate Button Project, the established home, Art and Bloom with Helen Dealtree, or Daltree, mm-hmm. um, in with the old, a new series, and ooh, Jesus Criminy, an American story. Modern, making modern with Brooke and Bryce, and rebuilding hope. 
the children of 9-11. I, I, I read these backwards because that was also really super interesting to me. It's a documentary series um, about four families whose children were born after their fathers had passed away during 9-11 to see how, where their lives are and how that situation has, has changed their family dynamic in, you know, over the past 20 years. So I, I'm really interested in a lot of the, ch- the shows that are showing up on this network. So just wanted to let everybody know that that, that stuff is available because we don't normally talk about that stuff, that type of television. And it's good. Oh. I like their stuff. Mm-hmm. Neat. Okay. Well, then let's uh, let's finish things out with the. I, I uh, think this is the right thing to finish out with, right, Chris? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Cobra Kai season four. This trailer doesn't show a whole lot new, uh, which is fine. Just a lot of a uh, montagey, fighty bits. Um, of course, you know more scenes from, from Karate Kid. It's almost like it's done like a trailer for the All Valley Tournament itself. That's what uh, that's what I loved about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's a, it's a neat little trailer, and then you get this like really really quick bits go by. You see Terry Silver putting his ponytail in. You see uh, there's a, a single shot of Miguel training with Danny, which is like really nice. Uh, I kind of want to rewatch the show a bit because I feel like it's been a while and I've forgotten some details of at least season three. Um, yeah, and season three went by so fast. Like, I remember watching it with, uh, and like we got to the end, and I was like, "Wait, that's it? Wait, what? Wait!" And I wasn't <laughs> ready for this. And that's the danger of binging seasons. I hate having to wait a week for the next what if. I hate having to wait a week, but it's better for the show and it's better for my brain because um, I'm gonna binge the crap out of this. I'm gonna watch it as fast as I as humanly possible because that's so- just way it's going to work for me i'm going to throw something uh, out there i'm going to go i'm going to throw out an an ulterior way to look at this if we binge it and we get that whole lump in one shot and we watch it and we enjoy the shit out of it like it's great and we talk about it and we have a good time with it then we get to watch it again almost as if it's new before the next season comes up we are refreshed we get that second burst of of excitement for the thing that we really liked is that better than the slow burn of enjoyment throughout the entirety of a season, which is spotted with points of, God, I fucking hate waiting for this. I say no, especially mm-hmm. on a show that's so you know connected like this, where you get you know shows like Loki and WandaVision and whatnot, where we'd get a week of thinking what's going to happen next, whereas What If is very segmented, like this next episode's not going to connect to the first episode, really, although apparently they're all going to kind of converge at the end, maybe, but I don't know. We've we've had this conversation before, and and I definitely definitely think that the week-to-week, as painful as it is, is just better for the show, because people aren't going to... Just like it happened with Stranger Things. People stopped talking about it within, like, a week. The season of Stranger Things dropped, and it was like everyone in the world talked about it for, like, a week, but then everyone stopped because they saw it, and then it's over and then you get something like wandavision and it stays in the collective consciousness for like a month and month and change because it just they keep releasing new ones every week there's something to talk about okay i i i, I like the opportunity to rewatch it a second time and, and get as much enjoyment out of it i don't think like so i like week to week sorry babe I, and it's absolutely fine i just i feel like i'm like I'm not gonna rewatch What If once it's all done. 
like I, I don't think that's going to happen. Really? Yeah. Mm. And you think you would if you were able to watch it all at once? Like, I, I it's I, not going to bleed together like it's one big story. That's that's the difference with with something well, like, like this. This how is about Ted Lasso. I'm, I've watched. I've I've glutted season one. Um, I doubt I'm going to go back to that. Well, in a couple, not of even years, to watch it with well, me. I mean, I will tune in when, like, now you can watch it. Like, you don't have to wait for me. That was the problem. We were trying to find things that we could watch by ourselves. And I started watching Ted, and I made it through a season in like a day and a half. <laughs> it just yeah, happened. Yeah, hard to put honey. down. That's fine. I'm not mad about it. Mm-mm-mm. Eventually, I'll watch TV again. Maybe. I don't know. I have a, a wedding to plan. Out, though. <sighs> All right. Speaking of weddings to plan, it's getting late. So, uh,. <laughs> Cobra Kai season four looks great. We're oh, all excited segue. about it. Yay TV! Woo. It's good to be back, oh. and that's our show. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I had a little little gunk in the old throat there. Anyway, this week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you. And you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geek Hey Discord, where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the official Geek Hey channels or the more specific Twepcast accounts. And of course, the four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geek Aid Chris, that's Geek Aid K-R-I-S, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? I am available at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Etsy. Uh, Angie, where can people find you? You can find me on all of the socials at Afernot, A-F-E-R-N-O-T. And Evan, where can people find you? All of my socials are at geekade underscore Evan. And please, gang, check out memorylanecomics.com for Tales of Cave Fear issues. Oh, it's, no, it's mlcshop.com. MLCshop. Get it right. There will be a link, but please, my baby put a lot of work into that. Check that out for her, seeing as she's not doing the promotion. Yeah, grab an issue. And then maybe email them and tell them that you want me to sign it. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> Annie Hoosers. Uh, where'd my script go? Oh, there it is. If you need to know more about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, maybe YouTube, and more. <laughs> and wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, follow, subscribe, and leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Give us a refresher on what our homework is, Evan. Uh, our homework is Ultra City Smiths Season 1, Episode 1, She Don't Care. She sure don't. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, that's that's all we've got. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, I'm Chris. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. McLeod. <laughs> Good night. Hey gang, here's just a friendly reminder that we over at GeekAid are working with eWinRacing.com. Right now, if you head on over to their site, check out all of their gaming chairs and gaming desks. And if you choose something and you enter in the promo code GeekAid at checkout, you get an additional 20% off. That's eWinRacing.com for the best gaming chairs and desks that you can find on the internet. And this concludes our broadcast day.